Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia Dean. Today is Friday, May 13th. Coming up, we'll take a ride on Kansas City's public transit system. But first, some headlines. Kansas has legalized sports gambling. Dylan Lyson of the Kansas News Service reports Governor Laura Kelly signed the bill into law yesterday. The law allows for bettors in Kansas to place wagers at casinos and through online apps. Gambling will be legal beginning July 1st. Supporters of the law say it was time to legalize sports betting because people were already doing it. They also say it will help raise tax revenue. The state estimates legal sports betting will bring in up to $10 million a year by 2025. Kansas joins dozens of other states that have made sports gambling legal in recent years. The National Labor Relations Board has filed complaints against a Starbucks in Overland Park and one in the plaza for illegal union busting. KCUR's Beck Shackleford-Wanganga has more. District 14 of the NLRB claims Starbucks unjustly fired three workers and constructively discharged another for supporting union efforts. Michael Vestigo said he was stunned when he was fired out of the blue at the 75th and I-35 store for being, quote, violent and threatening to a manager. And anybody who spends any amount of time with me knows that that's like the furthest thing from the truth. Vestigo said he wants to be reimbursed for the time he was unemployed and he wants his job back. A hearing is scheduled for July 5th. The shortage of infant formula is hitting shelves in Missouri and Kansas, and health experts say black mothers are especially vulnerable. KCUR's Alex Smith has more. Breastfeeding can be physically demanding for many women, and black women breastfeed and receive breastfeeding support at lower than average rates, according to Charlotte Smith, who's head of the Kansas Birth Equity Network. Speaking at KU Health System on Thursday, Smith said many black mothers have recently turned to social media for breastfeeding guidance, and she called for increasing support for them. But I think it's very important that as we move forward to the shortage that we provide additional support um, for black women to breastfeed regardless of whether we feel they should breastfeed or not. Infant formula is in short supply across the country due to a safety recall, supply chain issues, and labor shortages. Today we're featuring a story from another podcast from KCUR Studios, Real Humans by Gina Kaufman. Recently, Gina was looking to explore the metro's public transit system, something many people depend on but isn't used universally in Kansas City. So she met Richard Heimer, who's blind and relies on the city's bus system to get around. And she rode with him on his daily commute. 27 and prospect. We ride the bus with a guy named Richard. Richard is blind, and he relies completely on public transit. That's what's nice about the bus, though. You're going to get there one way or the other. Every weekday at 5.15 a.m., when it's still dark out, Richard Heimer walks from his house on Drury Avenue to the bus stop at 24th and Hardesty. He uses a walking stick to navigate a buckled sidewalk covered in spiky gum tree balls. This is the beginning of his commute to work, and Richard catches the 12th Street bus at 5.30 to make sure everything goes off without a hitch. He wakes up early, really early. His exact wake-up time? 3.30. He gets to the bus stop by 5.23, in case the 12 is running even a little bit ahead of schedule, because once it's gone, it's gone. 
His destination is Alpha Point at 75th and Prospect. That's where he works. His shift starts at 7. If he misses his ride, he'll be late, although not technically late, just late, according to him, for his pre-shift routine. I get there at 10 or 12 after 6, get some coffee, and if I got time, uh, set up some of my work for today. Richard is mostly happy with his bus commute. You meet different people and stuff. But it is time consuming. The 18 minute drive by car from his house to his job takes almost an hour by bus. And he does it every day, twice a day. I met Richard thanks to a call I put out for a Kansas City bus commuter who'd let me ride along. I got tons of notes in my inbox, but one of the more intriguing messages came from Richard's coworker. Richard works at Alpha Point, a nonprofit that's been specifically outfitted for workers with blindness and low vision. And according to this coworker, most of the folks who work there absolutely rely on public transportation. So to my mind, anyway, they're the real experts in local transit. Kansas City's need for more robust, user-friendly transit has been a major talking point for years. Most of us understand that our city's near total reliance on cars is bad for the environment and doesn't lead to the kind of vibrant urban setting many of us want to see here. But the city was literally built for cars. We've decimated neighborhoods for highways, we've prioritized parking lots in our development strategy, sidewalks range from non-existent, even along major thoroughfares, to hazardously uneven. And they're usually too narrow for more than one pedestrian at a time anyway. There's a level of neglect that sends a clear message. The car commuter is Kansas City's intended commuter. Getting around town using anything than a personal automobile requires a special kind of effort. It's not like the subway in New York or the L in Chicago. Mastering the transit system in Kansas City isn't just part of being a local. It's not something every Kansas Cityan learns as a rite of passage. We have buses, and people definitely ride them. But it's not uncommon to live a whole life as a Kansas Cityan without ever taking the bus. That leaves a serious gap in our shared understanding of what's working in transit and what's not. For the real-life story of the Kansas City bus commute, I rode with Richard. He's been riding the bus here for 45 years. Richard is blind, as I mentioned. He grew up on a farm in northeast Missouri, and he lost his vision when he was about three and a half years old in an accident. He was playing with his sister, and the back of a hoe got him in the eye. I guess they didn't think I was going to make it or something, getting hit, you know, like that. Richard had lots of surgeries after that accident, but his eyesight never did come back. He moved to Kansas City after high school, and he's worked at Alpha Point since 1976, mostly doing manufacturing jobs. Right now, he makes specialized pens, and with the machinery he uses, he can assemble up to 6,000 pens a day. In other words, his vision loss hasn't stopped him from working a job. It also hasn't stopped him from raising a family or doing what he calls... Like normal stuff, I guess. <laughs> One of the few things he can't do, though, is drive a car. So transit access for Richard is crucial. When he first moved into his house just east of Van Brunt, off of 24th Street, he lived closer to work because Alpha Point was located downtown back then when it was still called the Kansas City Association for the Blind. No, I used to only have to take one bus. Uh, I had two choices, though. 
like 12th Street and 23rd. That made the possibility of missing one bus less of a hassle. Now there isn't much wiggle room, and that's the case in both directions of his commute. The assembly shift at Alpha Point ends at 3.30 p.m., and there's lots of excitement in the hallways when it does, but Richard doesn't waste any time getting out of the building. He's got to catch the Prospect Max right outside at the 75th Street hub, and Richard's signals for crossing traffic are auditory. Yellow light, car flashing. Okay, so this is your daily routine. Yep. Starts here. When the northbound bus stops and the doors open, the driver greets Richard. How you doing, sir? Then, seeing me trailing with the microphone, he teases a little bit, calling Richard a celebrity. (laughs) Richard is soft-spoken. As the other riders get on and off the bus, some of them shout out greetings. People trade intel on route changes. One rider calls out to see if anyone has a pen she could borrow and then makes her way down the aisle when someone else holds one up in the air. Richard sits quietly through all of it, listening to the names of the stops so he can follow along. 27 and Prospect. He's waiting to feel the bus turn left. That's how he'll know it's time to get up for his 12th Street transfer. Um, 12th and Prospect. He turns, uh, he makes a left, and then right there, Church's Chicken. And sure enough, as the bus crests a hill and the driver turns left, the smell of fried chicken wafts by. Richard prepares me for our exit before the announcement does. That's 12th Street here. We climb off the bus with traffic whizzing by, and Richard makes his way across the crosswalk at the busy intersection of 12th and Prospect, tapping his walking stick to find a patch of dirt that functions as what he calls a landmark. You can tell by seeing and stuff. We go by landmarks and stuff. Just like that little hill thing there. He stops at a shelter on the other side of the street, and then he waits about 10 minutes for the eastbound 12. The first bus that pulls up to the stop isn't Richard's bus, and he knows it. There's a max here, I think. Yeah. He doesn't react to it at all. Cross Street be, uh, should be coming behind it, I guess. Here's what comes behind it. Okay. But sometimes it's here before it. How did you know that one was the best? Is it just because it comes first? Most of the time. Not all the time. I could be wrong. <laughs> Some of Richard's co-workers use the Ride KC Freedom Service. That's an app that lets transit users summon a rideshare service rather than navigating the set of routes that already exist, just crisscrossing the city. But Richard prefers the bus because you never know how many stops the shared taxi will make for other passengers. With the bus, there are fewer surprises and detours. Sure, you have to navigate a system. But the bus predictably goes where it's supposed to go when it's supposed to go there, most of the time. Last week, the 12 made a detour, which threw Richard off. And sometimes, a scheduled bus just doesn't show up, which creates some discomfort, in extreme weather especially. If the 5.30 bus Richard catches in the morning doesn't show up, Richard has to wait until 6.17. That's a long wait. Because they say they don't have enough drivers or something. As one of the bus riders who emailed me said, the bus is either super convenient or entirely impractical. There's rarely a middle ground. And after 45 years in Kansas City, with full mastery of the transit system he needs for all of his routines, 
Richard says he still doesn't feel like he knows the city all that well because the Kansas City he lives in is hemmed in by bus lines. Richard's final stop on his after-work commute isn't the closest to his house, it's just the safer intersection to cross. He predicted an arrival at 4.50 p.m., so I check my watch when we get off the bus, and it's 4.44. Not bad. Home sweet home with five minutes to spare. Mackenzie Martin produced that story. You can find more Real Humans by Gina Kaufman wherever you get your podcasts. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org, where you can also find our live stream. On Monday, we'll take our usual look at what's going on in the Missouri legislature, plus the court battle over congressional redistricting in Kansas. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.